What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hassig, and as always, to my left, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning, sir. Good morning, Dave. How are you this morning? I am up, Adam. I've been up early. I'm going to the gym after this. Oh, the, the guy's just living his best life, folks. I'm he's living my best life. He's got life. his Saint shirts on. He, yeah, he's, he's ready yeah, to go. Yeah, it's football season. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's hold, let's tone that down for a second. Folks, don't forget, this is the Opening Drive Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. We're on YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan. We have all our Football Game Plan content. It's Missouri Valley Football Conference Week, folks. We got this is, this is one of the big ones. This is... Maybe the big one, depending on where you are in this country of ours. So Emory's going to have a ton of great content for you to look up and down the YouTube, look on the Facebook page, look on the Twitter. And on Twitter, you can look at the FCS kickoff at FCS Opening Drive at, at F-Ball Game Plan. Oh, the Missouri Valley Conference. The Missouri Valley Football Conference. Oh, excuse me. You yes. don't want to confuse. There's no Wichita States in here. It'd be great if they did, though. They should. Wichita State should start back your football program. They, they, they're, they're in talks about it. they, they got to find the money. But that's neither here nor there. That is neither here nor there. Folks, shout out to the Shockers. Let, let's let's go in right into it. we got a lot to get to. And we'll start with the year that was. It was the return of the Kings. The Bison back on top. They've been on top of the Missouri Valley for a while now, but they were back on top national champions this past season, defeating JMU. Five teams from the Missouri Valley made the postseason. Both South Dakota schools, South Dakota and South Dakota State, Northern Iowa and Western Illinois, along with the Bison, making the postseason. Another incredible year for the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, it's what we've come to expect. Exactly. And this time they get back to normal as far as getting five teams in. Remember, what, what 2017, they only had four, I believe? Yeah, 2016, um, yeah. It was, it was like... Wait, huh? Like, what's going on? The twenty, <laughs> yeah, maybe twenty fifth. One of those years, it, it was recent, uh, but last year, justifiably so, getting those teams. I know a couple of teams were on the bubble, like Illinois State, uh, Youngstown State. Yep. Some people debated whether or not South Dakota was worthy, but they got five teams in, and every one of these teams that got in made a memorable impact with North Dakota State, obviously winning the whole thing, being the catalyst, and and, and it was a year of. I mean, it, it was a year of explosive offense, first of all. We saw some Correct. ridiculous firepower, especially out of South Dakota and South Dakota State. North Dakota State did what they always do, and they it was like, oh, new quarterback? Okay, here. <laughs> Here's, here are the keys. Just run just run it smooth, run, run, run it effectively, and we're, we're going to be fine. It's going to be absolutely fine. Um, but some incredible pro talent coming out of the Missouri Valley again, and we see this every single year. This is why... I think partially why this conference gets respected so much. We'll get into that uh, later in the podcast here. But it's why, it's again, something we've come to expect is two or three or four guys every year that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing him. And then the people who are, don't watch college football, especially the FCS, are like, who? Exactly. Two Checking with them about three years later. I love him. Right. I, have to, I have his jersey in three different colors. I love him. <laughs> I'm like, we told you so. <laughs> but let, let's talk about the draft picks out of this conference this year. And it started in the second round. Dallas Goddard. I mean, Mike McCarthy, our producer, said, tight end you, South Dakota State, goes to the Eagles. I mean, the, the rich just get richer at the tight end position for the Eagles. But Dallas Goddard goes in the second round, number 49 overall. And then two guys in the fifth round, Devontae Harris, uh, the corner from the Redbirds of Illinois State going to the Bengals, Doris Fountain going from Northern Iowa to the Colts, the wide receiver, both within eight picks of each other. I mean, all three of these guys, 
they're not just going to be making the roster, making the team. They're going to be excelling. Oh, yeah. They're going to be impact players, man. And Goddard is – I was shocked he went in round two and not in round one. I actually thought when the New Orleans Saints traded up, I thought they were going to go yep. get either Lamar Jackson or Dallas Goddard because uh, those are the two players of, at positions of need for New Orleans. So going to Philly is an ideal situation for him. Um, you talk about one of the more explosive players in the FCS. Jake Winnicky is a guy that signed free agent contract. Brett Taylor of Western Illinois. Tyron Holloway of Western Illinois. I mean, you just see a ton of pro talent. Malik Earl as well. Um, so you're right. I, I could I could toss out a couple more. Kellen Solick. Um, yeah. You know, he he's on the NFL roster right now. Chris Strebler is starting for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as a college uh, fresh out of college player that hadn't happened since Anthony Cavillo of the Montreal Alouettes, the Hall of Famer. So this guy came out uh, of of South Dakota had an in, they had an injury in preseason to Matt Nichols, their starter, and Chris Strebler's he was ten for ten in one preseason game. It was like, all right, we, we're gonna go with him because Nick, we have no other option. Yeah, and so he goes out there, plays okay in the first game. This past weekend, tore it up like. Almost had a 300-yard passing game and a 100-yard rushing game. He was three yards short of 100 yards rushing, but five touchdowns, I believe. So when you talk about this conference, you're talking about talent, like top to bottom. Everybody has talent. And, you know, I can understand why when people talk about the Missouri Valley Conference being the SEC of the FCS, you can understand it. You can even make it a case that they're the Big Ten. You know, any top conference that you want to make the case for, this is why. Because you not only have great football top to bottom, you also have, on the back end of it, guys are coming out and playing professionally and playing extremely well. Chris Strebler, by the way, who only only threw for a minuscule (laughs) 4,134 yards and 32 touchdowns last season with South Dakota. Only. Only. And, by the way, he had only eight picks. Shout out to the Minnesota Gophers. How in the world did he not get picked in the NFL draft? Same thing with Brett Taylor. Guy recorded over 160 tackles. He made every tackle in Western Illinois history. Literally. Every tackle. Literally. (laughs) We're going back. He wasn't even born yet. He's making tackles. (laughs) All the tackles. But this kid, he he I think he was like 20 ahead of the next closest guy in the conference. Doesn't get picked. How? The Bears Bears got a, a... Gold mine with him. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think when you also Nick DeLuca didn't get drafted. Same thing. Se- senior bowl invite. Um and when you look at uh Strebler, he was on an NFL he was in an NFL mini camp and then got released. So the NFL's loss is now the CFL's gain. And he plays the game that is tailor made for the CFL, the wire fields, Wide spread field. fields. Yep. He's gonna do exactly what he did at South Dakota. Yeah. Which ex- is what he exactly did. Uh, did exactly this past weekend yes. against Montreal, no less. Okay, against the Alouettes. That's that's always a good performance. A little CFL knowledge for you this morning. Right, we do it. We do it all. We do it all. But, but let's talk about some of the guys that are coming back, though, because you talk about, okay, Strevler's gone. Almost every single starting quarterback is coming back this upcoming season. You still have Easton Stick going in for his senior season at North Dakota State. Taron Christian is coming back for South Dakota State. Sean McGuire is back for Western Illinois. Straub, Dunn, Kolb, who's like the list? Just especially at the quarterback position, the wide receiver position. It's it's kind of gone yeah, downhill. They took a hit. Acklin, Goddard, Earl, Fountain, McClendon, Winnicky, Van Rokel. I love Van Rokel. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. They're all gone. 
But even at the running back position, there was so much talent coming back. You have Tevin McCaster coming back, Bruce Anderson, who came out of no – he was always a good back. He showed up at his the His jersey is flammable. Like, his jersey was flammable. <laughs> and and was that North uh, uh, Sam Houston State? Yeah. Just yeah. Meow, on fire. Just completely gone. So you've got, I mean, all this talent coming back, and it just shows how well for an FCS conference these teams can just reload. And this is why I think you get the comparisons, especially to the SEC, because even the Big Ten, you know, the big programs in the Big Ten – have a couple of spurts where it's like two years they're down. Right. And then they come back. Like Ohio State had a couple of years there where they kind of slipped. Michigan had a few years there where they slipped. The SEC doesn't slip very often. Shout and out they to do Nebraska. S- <laughs> Nebraska. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to tell, tell you why that's important <laughs> slip. In, in a little bit. Oh, okay, keep your secrets. It's a tease. <laughs> keep, your, keep your secrets. But, I mean, all this talent that is in these underclasses, and you, I mean, you've seen some of the tape of the kids that are coming oh into these schools. I mean, and by the way, if you want the details of that, watch the video coming out later this week. But <laughs> these kids are just, and they're getting kids not just from their area, which is usually what FCS programs have to do. Usually, FCS schools, okay, we're in New Hampshire. Okay, we can recruit from Maine. We can probably recruit from, recruit from Vermont, obviously in-state, Massachusetts, Connecticut maybe. You're not going to be recruiting guys from out in Ohio, really, to come to, no- to New Hampshire. These guys, they're getting kids from Florida. How? First of all, you're not getting nobody from Vermont. Second of all, <laughs> wow, shots. <laughs> Sorry, Catamounts. <laughs> Sorry, Catamounts. Shout out to the Catamounts. Um, second of all, you're absolutely right. They're getting guys from places that that's why it's so unheard of. You know, yeah. I mean, granted, recruiting now, I think, is both easy and challenging, if that makes sense. It's easy because everyone's on TV or some sort of streaming device. Right. It's hard because of that same reason, you got to compete with a lot of teams. The big conferences are doing these exact same things. Exactly. So, um, but it does, you know, afford kids the, the opportunity to see, you know, where, uh, you know, they're seeing a Carson Wentz get drafted second overall. They're seeing, um, yep. you know, a Chris Strebler having a ton of success in the CFL. They're seeing all of these players uh, uh, Harris from Illinois State go down to the East-West Shrine game and tear it up. Doris Fountain tear it up at the East-West Shrine game. So kids are seeing this and saying, okay, I don't have to go to Michigan State to make it to the NFL. This guy from North Dakota State or this guy from um, Northern Iowa just got drafted. You know, Dallas Goddard, Goddard, second round. Yeah. You know, Philadelphia Eagles. So what? And if you're a high school kid that's waiting for that, oh, man, I wonder if, you know, if Ball State is going to offer me. Why would I go to Ball State just for the sake of them? Not not saying nothing's wrong with Ball State. Shout out to Muncie, Indiana. But why would why would I go to Ball State um, just to say I, I've gone to an FBS school when I can go to Indiana State and start and ball out? Or yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing when it comes to Ohio. You've got so many D one exactly. FBS schools in Ohio. You got obviously Ohio State, but you have Ohio, Akron, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is in there. Toledo. Yeah. But you can go to Youngstown, play some really good ball for a really good coach, start probably three years if you're really that good, or maybe if you think you're that good, we'll have to you'll find out soon enough. Right. But no, it, it's a it's a conference that really is the class. Them and the CAA are the class of the FCS year in and year out consistently. Maybe not from top to bottom every year, but certainly from year to year. Okay, we can expect three or four teams minimum probably closer to five every single season but there's one team that does stand out though yeah it's that green and gold the beautiful dome in fargo 
the Bison of North Dakota State, who, again, they returned to where, I mean, let's be honest, where they belong, according to Bison Nation up there, which are tremendous fan base, first of all. Uh, I think the entire, probably Fargo probably triples in population on game day. Uh, <laughs> when they're, they're, coming, they're even coming from, from across from Moorhead, regional comedy. Uh, but ah, four, I like that. But 14-1 last year, they lost to South Dakota State in the Dakota Marker game which was a bit of a shocker, and they lost pretty badly. Other than that, no real problems for this team. I mean, they're they're not just beating teams. They're rolling over teams. They beat an Eastern Washington team who turned out to be not that good, 40-13. to They're shutting out Indiana State and Robert Morris, but then they turn around and they beat Northern Iowa 30-14. to They're beating South Dakota 49-14. What is it about the Bison? Besides national titles, that makes them so good in this conference. First of all, you talk about a team. First of all, let's let's let's. They're green and yellow. We're not gonna we're not gonna get classify this as gold like Pittsburgh Steelers. Black and they're black and yellow. Yes, and some here people comes said the Twitter gold. feed. But <laughs> all I'm saying is this is a team that is 97 and eight since 2011. Eight. <laughs> It, it has yeah. gotten so bad for North Dakota State that FBS teams do not want to schedule them. <laughs> yeah. That's a different level of dominance. And I made the joke earlier to shout out to Nebraska, but this is what Nebraska of the 90s looked like. Teams yeah. feared yeah. Nebraska. You got off the bus knowing you're going to be down already automatically 35 nothing. Yeah. You got to figure out how to get 35 points in order to beat Nebraska. When you see North Dakota State on the schedule, you see them get off the bus, at, at psychologically as a team as an opponent you're like dang we gotta we can't make mistakes yeah and the funny part is there's not much that north dakota state does that's you know extravagant like they don't no. run the air raid they're not a you know a highly misdirection team they don't run a triple option you know what the, what's coming you know what's coming and they and they just line up and they beat you physically down and down out it reminds me, honestly, of Minnesota Vikings when they had Randy Moss right. in his prime. You know he's going deep. You know they're throwing to him. You're not going to do anything about it unless you cheat, probably. Cheat. So it's, 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 I think what the, the underrated thing with North Dakota State, though, is consistency in coaching. Because the, so many of these D1 programs, and you look at the high-level FCS programs, they kind of follow the pattern of FBS. You have a coach that it's like two or three years, and then there's a switch. Right. Because they're on to bigger and better things. They're on to the NFL. They're doing whatever. This program has a real tradition of, all right, this guy's taking over the reins, and they stay. And they stay for three or four or five years. And they, take, they, they already know, okay, two years in, who do I want to start grooming to be my replacement? And they pick that guy. And they groom him for two or three seasons. So when he takes over, it's the same plan. It's the same philosophy. It, it, it's almost cultish. It's, it's, it's the way they you know go about this football program is that this is the way we do things. And this is how you win. Let me teach you. And if you aren't gonna, willing to listen, we'll find the next guy. And, and you don't see a ton of, in this day and age, you don't. You see a lot of it elsewhere, but you don't see a lot of it, if any. I don't, you know, I'm not speaking with full understanding of how things go over there, yep. uh, but just in generality, uh, in general, I'm sorry, you don't see a, a lot of kids leaving. Like, say, for no. instance, you're Carson Wentz or you're Easton Stick. You know, Carson Wentz was behind Brock Jensen. Yes. You know, for a while. 
until he got his chance. And then Carson Wentz hits the uh, the stage, and they go win a national championship. Um, I was at that game, actually, against Illinois State. That was probably one of the best games I saw live um, as far as how back and forth it was and how North Dakota State had to come back. When Illinois State looked as if they had the walk-off touchdown winner with Trey Robinson, who's now playing in the CFL as a starting cornerback. So, again, the talent. He was the quarterback at the time. Yeah. Uh, and spent, the, you know, like two years with the Vikings after that. Uh, but, you know, if you're Easton Stick, you're like, damn, this dude just won a championship. Now I'm, you know, stuck. But then Wentz get hurt, gets hurt, and Stick gets his opportunity, and he proves to be good, but has to go back on the, you know, yeah, and you know, Wentz then goes to the league, but uh, then Stick gets his opportunity to start. But guys, don't that if that was USC, Wentz would have left. Yep, Stick would have left. Yeah. You know, so not only do these guys come in talented, they they stay, which allows them to get fully acclimated to the system. So when they do get their opportunity, that's why you didn't see a drop off when Stick took over for Wentz yeah. and Wentz got hurt, and you didn't see a drop off last year when Stick was the full time starter for right. the first time you know so guys stay guys develop and you see that in the backfield yeah you know you see that along the offensive line you see that along the defensive line they get Greg Menard back um who was injured last year Nick DeLuca was hurt the year prior he comes back healthy leaves that team on defense and guys stay yeah. and they want to guys like winning you know yeah players like winning um and you know the fact that they can go there, develop, be successful, and also realize their pro dreams. You know they have a full fledged system going. And yeah. again, I, I've always said this, and I'll say it again: it is just like Nebraska was in the '90s. Guys want to be a part of you know a championship team or championship program, but they also want to be challenged. They yeah. know going to North Dakota State, you may be good, but you may not play until your redshirt sophomore year yeah and for for today's youth they don't want to hear that that's difficult that's difficult so you have to want to be a part of the process and also want to be a part of something bigger than yourself and that's why they've been able to sustain this level of success hell you go all the way back to the division two days they won championship division two craig yeah. bowl wins multiple championships when he's um the head coach and now you have chris Kleiman doing the same thing here yeah so it, it's it's a it's not only with the coaching staff but it's also with the players, is with the the alumni base, the fan base. They do their own thing, and it has worked for them, and it will continue to work for them because I think everybody from the from the city of Fargo to the yeah. players, everybody understands their role and is literally just doing their job to help keep this thing afloat. I mean, this this is a this is a tradition of winning that goes back to the '60s. Yeah, like what other programs in college football can you really say that about? Shout out to Grambling, you know, you, well, and they beat Grambling in the championship game. There you go. I mean, you had, you know, you have three national titles in the '60s. You had four in the '80s, but you have Don Morton comes in. He's there for five years. Solomonson comes in after him. He's only there for for two. But then Rocky Hagar era starts. He is a great coach. He's now the coach at uh, the College of New Jersey. I spoke with him two years ago. He's a legend. Uh, football yeah. player and coach out there. Rocky Hager, Hager is, a, is a really good guy. He gets, he gets five conference titles. Then Bob Babich comes in for his spit there. A little bit of a downturn, but that was, you know, it happens. But then you talk about Craig Bull. Mm-hmm. 104 and 32 in 11 seasons. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And now he's handed the reins over to Chris Kleiman. 
and he's already matched him with four conference titles. That's amazing. And three national titles since 2014. I mean, the, the, you, you cannot look at this, at this program and say, yeah, but, but nothing, but nothing. 14 national titles across two divisions? There's, there's no yeah, buts about North Dakota State. And success can be a gift and a curse. Because yes. you can easily rest on your laurels and think it's going to always be this way and not put in um, maximum work and effort. You know, we've seen the mighty fall. Hell, look how quickly Florida State went from being the dominant top five team every year under Bobby Bowden. They took a little bit of dive a little bit, um, but then Jimbo Fisher got them back to where they need, needed to be. So we've seen premier pro- – hell, we just talked about Nebraska. You know, yeah. Nebraska became was great and went straight to average. Um, look at know, Auburn. Look at Auburn. Auburn exactly. goes up and down like a roller coaster. Bingo. About every six or seven seasons, they're either going to be real good or real bad, and you don't know which one. And and if you and you know, people talk about Alabama and Nick Saban, and rightfully so. But let's talk about the Alabama right after Gene Stallings. You know <laughs> how how what three coaches? That's been erased from history. <laughs> exactly. Alabama doesn't remember it. Well, Huh? Yeah, you we lost? went from Gene Stallings to Nick Saban. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. But yeah, this guy. No, 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 no. Pass it off. It's fine. No, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. But no, you're right, though. Every major program at some point has had a downturn. The North Dakota State program downturn was in the 1940s. You talk about downturn. Let's look within the same conference. There was one point in time in FCS football where every year it felt as though it was. Youngstown State and Marshall playing yep. for the national championship. Yep. Youngstown State was that program, and then he had a downfall. And Bo Pelini has slowly pulled him back. I mean, what, his second year or first year he had him in a championship game, second year? I think so, yeah. Um, so, you know, but Youngstown State was that program. And Youngstown State has a reason to be successful every year because of the where recruiting. they are. Exactly, yeah. where they are. So it, it, It's a conference that is full of incredible programs, but even with that, North Dakota State stands alone. Yeah. No matter how much grief we give them, oh, we we hope we they hope they lose. You're going to lose to San Diego in the playoff game. Who would predict <laughs> that one? That's oh, a hot take of hot takes. Oh, I had one too. I had the Robert Morris. Uh, <laughs> you had Robert. I had Robert Morris like 2009 <laughs> or 10. That was a flambate take. <laughs> so you you talk about that sort of thing. Like for all the grief we give you, you got to respect. But but. They are going to have something, though, they haven't had in a while, and that is a battle in-state for recruiting. Because remember who's coming back in a couple seasons? Ah. The Fighting Hawks of North Dakota. There you go. Fighting Sue, for those of you who are insulted that they've changed the name to Fighting Hawks, which is kind of me, too. But this is, again, they kind of have their own kind of area. They yeah. have North Dakota. They can steal from Montana and South Dakota and Minnesota and all these things. They're killing Minnesota right now. The Golden, Go- the Golden Gophers could could have been Big Ten title contenders for like the last five seasons. That's a sleeping giant program, Minnesota. Yeah, they learn know. how to out-recruit North Dakota State. So, but here's a problem that they're <laughs> having. You know what I'm saying? Because North Dakota State is a Division One program. FCS Division One, but still Division One nonetheless. Yeah. In Minnesota, you only have Minnesota as the D1. Yeah. So you're either going to play D1 in Minnesota or play D2. Now, their Division Two programs are strong. Right. But if you're a kid that has D1 talent but not Big Ten D1 talent, you're not going to go down to St. Cloud State. You're going to go across the border to North Dakota State right? and, and play over there. But again, though, North Dakota State, they don't even have to do that really anymore because, as we said, they're bringing in kids from the south. That's a, that's a game changer. You're getting people, kids from Florida, 
with all the schools that are down there, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, you know, all these, you know, mid-major DFBS programs, not to mention, of course, Miami, Florida State, the Gators, they're deciding willingly, know what, I'm going to North Dakota State to play for the Bison. If you have, if you can draw from a kid on the beach in Miami to say, I'm going to play football and go to school in Fargo, you are doing something very, very right. And you see the problem it causes for... (coughs) Uh, opposing teams now not saying that the rest of the Missouri Valley don't have the opportunity to recruit um, you know in in talent rich states right or with speed but the thing the book on North Dakota State was okay yeah they're going to be powerful they got great O-line D-line you know so if we make them play a speed game they can't win that oh yeah now you introduce (laughs) speed element to go along with power and it works now you have a problem you have a big problem And, and and again this is, I think, the second consecutive year, if not the third, that no FBS teams are playing North Dakota State. Why would you? I don't want to start the year off with an L. Thank you. I don't want to start a year off with an L. We'll take Youngstown State at this point. We'll play you. Them? Mm-mm. No. You That's <laughs> amazing how you are running from competition. As a, I mean, Youngstown State's got West Virginia this year. They, but, but they've always done that. West Virginia, Pitt. They, they, that's, I know. That's I know. for recruiting areas that's 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 huge akron probably is going to be on their schedule some at some time soon so if they can win that that eastern ohio western pennsylvania corridor yeah you know that that west pennsylvania all goes all the way down to morgantown too we're going to consider that too that whole area that whole little yeah you know pocket of of uh the country they have to play those games yeah and i mean here's south dakota state even though with with their incredible offense they got Iowa State away in the first week of the season. Didn't they beat Kansas a couple years ago? I think they did, yeah. didn't they? I mean, it's Kansas, but yeah, that's that's another sleep. <laughs> Kansas and Minnesota the same have the same issues. Yeah, too much basketball. Well, actually, yeah. Well, actually, they they only lost to TCU. Yeah, that was a fun game. Two years ago, fifty nine forty one to a number thirteenth ranked TCU team. So I mean, but again, you have FBS schools. Yeah, no problem. We'll play South Dakota State. We'll play South Dakota. We'll play Youngstown. Bison? Mm-mm. Sorry, we're busy. We're yes. busy that week. If I'm the Bison, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? If I'm, if I'm North Dakota State, I challenge Michigan. I say to Michigan, hey, first week of the season, 2021. You think Michigan wants to play, wants anything to do with the FCS after what happened when App State was in the. <laughs> Good point. Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio. Like, <laughs> reach, reach I think, though, see, his thing, I think this year, that would be a good game. Yeah, North it would. North Dakota State versus Ohio State, I think would be a close ball We game. should call Ohio State and then call North Dakota State on three-way and then have them talk. <laughs> no, no, no. Just call Ohio State. Man, you should hear what they're saying about your program. <laughs> you should hear. And then call North Dakota State. Man, they're talking trash over there. They, 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 they don't think you're even worth the time. Oh, wait, really? Oh, hold on a second. Here you go. Talk to each other, please. <laughs> you got the whole, let's cause some drama on the internet. That's, why, that's the only way people work nowadays. Let's get on Twitter and tweet. Start some beef. <laughs> I mean, at F Paul Game Plan, just says it. <laughs> that way, <laughs> folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about the big games on the schedule. I mean, basically every game is a big game yeah. in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, we'll talk about though why the MVFC gets this much respect. We kind of went into a little bit there, but it's not just one team. But we we are fair and balanced. We've taken that from Fox News. We've now made that our own little thing you don't fire today (laughs) we are our own fair and balanced (laughs) but we'll talk about the uh why this team's got so much respect we'll try to come up with some hot takes as well and we'll uh i think i have a few Mm, a few 
I have a few. I, I think I might pass my. I, I give my. I give my time to the representative from New Orleans. I give. I'll, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give the guys this. I'll give them one take. Okay. And a hot take. So for each team, I give them a take and a hot take. A take and a hot take coming up from the czar of the playbook on the other side of this break, <laughs> folks. You're listening to the Missouri Valley Football Conference pregame podcast. It's Missouri Valley Week here at Football Game Plan. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now is the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 19. 1964. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit Go. CSB.com. Welcome back, folks, to the FCS football game plan, FCS kickoff, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It is Missouri Valley Football Conference Week here at Football Game Plan. Again, if you want to f- listen to this anytime, anywhere, you can go on to SoundCloud or iTunes. We are in the podcast section. Search Football Game Plan there. You can follow us on Twitter, at FBall Game Plan. For my man, Emery, over there, he's an inside of information and hot takes on Twitter, for sure, uh, <laughs> at the FCS kickoff and at FCS opening drive. And don't forget, everything is on footballgameplan.com slash FCS kickoff for all of your FCS viewing, listening, whatever. Emery, before we get into the big games, I just want to mention real quick, we do have a uh, new coach on the scene. Yeah, we do. In the Missouri Valley Football Conference this year at Western Illinois. The new man is Jared Elliott taking over. Um, he's got himself a pretty good situation, though, he's going into. Western Illinois, a, kind of a sleeper team out of the Missouri Valley last year, had a pretty good season. Uh, what does Coach Elliott, what does he have as, uh, as a program that he's coming into, and what can he add to this program to make them a contender? First of all, offense, because he was the offensive coordinator last year. Um, he's just going to step into the head coaching role. Um, he was the assistant head coach last year, the co-offensive coordinator. So you don't lose anything from a continuity perspective. Um, the philosophy stays the same. Right. He's just now controlling the the, uh, the stick, so to speak, to use a video game reference. So um, I, think, I think this was good. I always like when you promote from within. Yes. You know, because it does give guys opportunity and motivate them – uh, other coaches say, you know what, if I continue to do my job, my opportunity, my chance will come. And once I get into that driver's seat, I know what I would do. Um, so right. I think this is good for Western Illinois. Exactly. And, and kind of an, a quick turnaround, too, because, you know, this was after only two seasons with Charlie Fisher at the helm. Last year was only Jared Elliott's first year as a co-offensive coordinator. So he's kind of moved up pretty quickly in the ranks. Um, but I think that kind of shows the trust that yeah. they have in him and in this program. Um, a team team that only lost four games last year, uh, made it to the playoffs, um, only lost in the first round by two points to Weber State. 
So th this is a good program. I think he's got a lot that he can work with and a lot he can build on uh, going forward. And with that said, let's go into the big games of 2018 here in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And we'll start. I'm going to start with a Western Illinois game. Okay. Because I'm going to start with a potential, potential revenge against them coming up. And that's on the uh, 6th of October. Western Illinois travels to the Redbirds of oh, Illinois State. A, a team that they beat. Illinois State was number 12 when they beat them on November 4th this past year. Beat them 31-14. And we saw what happened to Illinois State from there on. They yeah, kind of yeah. fell apart. They missed the postseason. They ended up 6-5, and 4-4 four and four in the conference. Western Illinois finishes number 13 in the country. They're going off to the postseason. Revenge game for uh, the Redbirds to try to get back on uh, Western Illinois. Yeah, I remember we talked about it on this podcast, how you know we were high on Illinois State because they yeah. kept winning. And then yeah. this game, it was like, wow, is this an anomaly? Or, you know, what the hell happened? And I think that's the game where the – quarterback threw like five interceptions something silly like something that like that, yeah uh, but they really got beat down that really sort of springboarded the rest of the season for the leathernecks so that's a good one i'm gonna start in august you're going to august august 30th indiana state plays host to quincy <laughs> they're gonna get their first victory <laughs> I mean, if they don't win it there. I couldn't believe you didn't start with that one. That's the <laughs> biggest game right now because... It's called a segue, Emery. <laughs> a, we talked about the new coach. I had to go to the team. Yeah, well, Indiana State is going to win their first. Shout out to Quincy, though. I, you know, but Indiana State is going to win that game. So I think they start the season off 1-0. and um, And it's all about building confidence. So that's one game I'm looking forward to seeing. Holy sycamores, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Break up the sycamores. If, if if they don't win that one, they got Louisville the week two. They're not winning that game. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not Louisville has Jawan Pass, the quarterback that's replacing Lamar Jackson. Uh huh. My goodness. <laughs> he's that's, he's he's more of what Bobby Petrino has had throughout his career. So he's a a phenomenal pass. He's not the runner yeah. Jackson is. He can run, but he's not Jackson. But yeah. this guy is going to be good. Well. That's just all the more worried for the for Indiana State. They got to be Quincy. Let's go into September though. <laughs> yeah, they got to be Quincy, and out of conference matchup. There aren't many in this conference. They usually kind of schedule with, from within. Because nobody won't play them. I know a team that <laughs> does. The Grizz. Oh. September first, you and I leaves their cozy little dome and they travel to Montana. This is going to be a very interesting because we talked about Montana when did, when we did the Big Sky preview. This is going to be a year that's going to be telling for them. I think they're going to start coming back. They've made a coaching change. Montana wants to start their way coming back. Northern Iowa wants to do the same thing. This is a team that a few years ago was looking at challenging North Dakota State. They were up in the top three of this conference, not in the top five, top three. So I think this is going to be a good judgment game of where these programs are in getting back to the top as they start to build back up. You could look at Northern Iowa's entire September. Montana. Yeah. Iowa, Hampton, the wild card. So that's a tough stretch for Northern Iowa. Yeah. This Montana game, you're right, it's an out-of-conference game, and that counts double, in my opinion, when it comes time for playoff time. Yeah. You know, who are your out-of-conference games, who are your out-of-conference victories? They have – this is a big game. Yeah. Um, the Iowa game is intriguing because we've seen Northern Iowa beat Iowa State. We've yeah. seen North Dakota beat Iowa so this game obviously has some intrigue because of the nature of who it is. Yeah. Um, and the Hampton game, I think, is going to be interesting because Hampton has – I think Hampton plays us 
at one point on the schedule. They schedule everybody. You know, they just try to get games. <laughs> Eleven know? on two. They got the Globe Trotters on their schedule, right? But that's a game that could be a trap game, right? Sweet Georgia Brown. That's a that's a uh, that's a game that could be. You know, one of those games of intrigue. It's, it's going to be a game that Hampton, I mean, they're going to need to prove themselves. They have to win all their D1 games. They're they're winning against NAIA. Great. That doesn't matter. <laughs> right. so. They still got to come up here to play SUNY Maritime. That's a Division three <laughs> program. But so that game is going to be a, a, you know. It's a crucial one for both. Right. Because Hampton has no room for error. And Northern Iowa has to win these out-of-conference matchups. Yeah. And let's talk about another out-of-conference matchup. And this is an interesting one because it's the first time these programs have ever met. The Bison will host the Fighting Blue Hens of Delaware. Wow. On the 22nd of September. That's a championship game almost. That, because we, again, we talked about Delaware in the CAA week. Go back and listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud if you did. Because didn't you, you pick it. Delaware to go to the National Championship game? I, t- I picked Delaware to make the postseason. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> That's not, that is not one of my hot takes. Don't, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't put that on, No, but what I'm saying is, though, again, first of all, it's going to be a test and a good judgment of where Delaware is right. coming back. It also could be a challenge for North Dakota State because, again, this is, this is something we don't see very often is CAA versus Missouri Valley in the regular season. We see it in the postseason, especially the latter stage of the postseason. This is a regular season matchup between the two top conferences in FCS. I think that's going to be a very, very fun game to watch, very intriguing. I'll use your premise to, to bring up the next game. Same team, though, North Dakota State, uh, September 15th against North Alabama. Mm. And, you know, moving up to Division One, mm. team full of athletes, very dominant Division Two program. Um, they were North Dakota State of Division Two for a while, right? You yeah. can consider North Alabama – uh, you think North Alabama was the next North Dakota State um, in about 15 years or so? Why would you ask me to extrapolate 15 years? Like, Well, you're, you're putting words in my mouth saying Delaware's a national <laughs> title contender. I would say this, though. Uh, on the East Coast, they're going to be an issue. Now, unless uh, unless teams start catching up to the South as far as recruiting. But yeah. um, I think you, know, you could count North Alabama, Northwest Missouri State, Pittsburgh State, some of those – premier division two programs um and like you use the example about delaware this is a see where you are game right this is how you judge where you need to be as a program um you're a dominant division two program just like north dakota state was when they moved up where do you stack up against the best in the fcs and how they come out this game could set the tone for their program in those 15 years you talked about moving forward i would also throw out this one this is another game too um because we didn't see this last year. Right. Youngstown State and Western Illinois. Mm. Because of the conference, you know, yeah. scheduling, they didn't play each other right. last year. Right. This is a huge game. I think Young- Youngstown State's got some real big games on this. I-, I have another one from Young- them, too, hosting South Dakota. That's a big one. Because you have pure offense against pure defense. It's strength versus strength. And you know Youngstown wants to make up for what happened last year. Right. It's not a good year for the Penguins. No. I mean – Apparently, last few years have been bad for Penguins with global warming, but we'll leave that alone. Uh, you are on fire today, Dave. I hope not. <laughs> I got a physical this afternoon. I don't well, you got a red shirt on, too. I, I represented my New York Red Bulls. I'm a, I'm a soccer fan, folks. It's World Cup time. I'm, I've got football and football. It's great. It's there the best go. of both worlds. Uh, one more game I want to talk about, though, before we move on. And this is, again, another out-of-conference game. And an early September one, South Dakota State hosting Montana State. 
That's another big one. It's man. A, there's some really nice out of conference Big Sky versus Missouri mm-hmm. Valley crossover early this year, and uh, uh, this is good. This could be a game that goes on about five hours. This <laughs> could end up fifty-five fifty in this one. This is this could be absolutely nuts. Um, you talked about South Dakota State, and you've got some pretty good prospects of them. Oh my God. They're going to replace some uh, big weapons. They've lost some big weapons. Apparently, they've got some big weapons, folks. So you'll want to shout out to the coach staff for recruiting. <laughs> you'll like, want to you'll want to see this. There's a reason we called them tight end. You right. Uh, but Montana State's not going to be a pushover. That's going to be a tough game for them to play, even if they are at home. Um, so I think that's again these early season games are going to be a real judgment call, and they could decide who makes postseason or who doesn't. Because again, you talked about those out of conference games. If you have a couple of these teams that excel, if you know if South Dakota State goes in and beats Montana State uh, early on. They've got Iowa State on the schedule, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they dominate those games. And someone like a Youngstown State doesn't do it with theirs. That could decide the whole the whole picture when it comes to the Missouri Valley and who makes the postseason, who doesn't. You also look at South Dakota at Weber State. Since you talked about Missouri Valley Big Sky, that's yeah. a big one right there too. Um, out of conference, I will also look at September twenty second uh, game of intrigue, Illinois State. At Colorado State. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Hint, see, uh, they, they've got some interesting – talk about a weird start to schedule for Illinois State. They start with St. Xavier. Again. How? <laughs> Why? And then they have Eastern Illinois. Interesting one. That's another good crossover Interesting game. one, the Mid-America Classic. And then they're at Colorado State that week after. So They could be 2-0 and heading into that Colorado State game. They better be at least have one. If they don't beat St. Xavier, then – what is St. Xavier? Is that NAIA? That's NAIA. It, it, yeah. There's like 45 St. Xavier's. I was like, so if this I was the one in one. if this is the one in Illinois, it's the NAIA pro, a really good one. So, I mean, uh, Northern Illinois State again, another one of these programs that last year was a little bit down, but you know what they're capable of. And let's start with the, your takes though on all of these teams. Let's start with start with Illinois State. What is your take on the Redbirds going into 2018? Much better across the board. You know, they had those issues last year with the quarterback play, so obviously it ties to their quarterback. Can they be consistent there? The hot take is that they can knock off Colorado State. Right out of the gates with it. Yeah. Beating the Rams. Yeah, shout out to the Rams. I like Coach uh, Mike Bobo. Yeah, Illinois State, I mean, uh, Jake Colby or Kolb, I'm not sure how it's pronounced exactly. I apologize. Going Jake interception. He got to stop throwing those. <laughs> I was about to say, he's going into his senior season, only 12 TDs to 11 picks last year. That has to improve. Um, but Illinois State is another one of these teams that's built from the defensive side of the ball going forward. I mean, this is going to be – I think they are going to have a solid year. They're going to look to make up for last season. Because, again, a couple of years ago, they're up there in the national title conversation. Right. Like a lot of these other programs that we're about to talk about. One team that we aren't going to talk about that with is Indiana State. The sick, I mean, the Sycamores, they should be 1-0, hopefully, after week one. That's the cold take. That's they're, the cold take. What, what, what's going what's going to happen this year for the Sycamores? They're going to win four or five games, I believe. They're really? Gonna be, yeah, they're going to go from winless to, you know. Who do they beat? Listen. Who do they beat? They're that's not beating on a, Louisville. That's on a week two. You never know. Like, no, I'm just, that's your hot take. But I will, I will <laughs> say that. that a hot take? <laughs> they're not beating Louisville. That is the coldest of takes. That is, <laughs> that's dead six feet under take. Yeah, that, that's, that's a cold take. I'm just saying that would be your hot take. No, it would not Louisville. be. I'm not that stupid. So I would say I would say Indiana State can win four to five games. Um, coach Mallory is a really good coach. And I've said this a lot on a lot of other podcasts that we've done. Yeah. But they've recruited well. 
and despite the 0 and 11 record, they weren't they weren't that bad. Right. So I do think they'll find consistency around the quarterback position, um, and they'll be in games. And you know, last year was a humbling experience for everyone on that you know, football team. So to go from learning, knowing how to lose, to know what that feels like, to okay, we can't have that feeling. We know what this feels like. We yeah. know what, what the path that goes uh, uh, down to. Um, I think they win about four to five games this year. Okay, and they also they also are trying to replace. Uh, Lamonte Booker as well as running yeah. as running back, so that'll be interesting to see who fills into his shoes. Uh, he had a pretty good season last year. They'll win. They'll, they'll start the season one and zero. That's the cold take. That's the cold take. Let's go to Missouri State. The Bears. Um, they've got an interesting start to the schedule as well. We didn't talk about them, but at Oklahoma State, then they play play Lincoln from In Missouri. Missouri, but then they have Northern Arizona. So an interesting start to the season for them. What do you like about the Bears with uh, Coach Steckel? Again, last year. They nearly knocked off Missouri. Mm-hmm. That game was going back and forth for a while. Um, so they have the potential. Right. But they got a lot of pieces, too. They got to replace Malik Earl. Um, they got to replace the, the tight end, Fermanek. Offensive line, you know, is going to be good, I believe. Uh, defensively, you, you still have some questions. So there are some questions about Missouri State, and they've made, you know, improvements each and every year. It may not be reflected on the re- on the uh, the record because of the nature of the conference, you right. know. But this team, I think, will be in every game. Um, I think the hot take would be they'll knock off a team in the top half of this league. Hmm. Not named North Dakota State. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about. I mean. It's all joy in Bisonville. Uh, sorry, Bisonville. There you go. Gotta get it right. Um, I mean, North Dakota State. They, I mean, back. You know, coming off a national championship, they start the season off with four straight home games, culminating in the Dakota Marker game, which was the only game they lost last year. North Dakota State. I mean, what can we say? I mean, this is this. The goal take is that they're going to be great again, right? Make North Dakota State great again. <laughs> the hot take <laughs> is that they're. In the midst of them being great mm-hmm. this year, they're going to lose two games. Are you insane? They're going to lose two games. Do you want to delete your Twitter account? <laughs> now, I didn't say <laughs> one of those games would be in the playoffs. Okay. But they will lose. They lost one game last year. The Dakota Mark game talked about it. But I think they they lose two games this year but still be considered a, a great team. If, if you say they lose this Cal Poly week one, I'm going to slap you. They've already proven they can beat option teams. You okay. saw what they did to Wofford. They literally ran three plays against Wofford and beat Wofford. Yeah. Like, Wofford couldn't stop the wheel route for some reason. Guard so, the wheel <laughs> right. route. So the, the wheel route. They've beaten the teams that route. run the option. So, they, they, they can handle that. They, you know, they're they one of those unique teams that they don't let their athleticism uh, get them in trouble. They play discipline as well. So, I think they lose two games but still are a great team. That's the hot take. All right. Let's move to Northern Iowa. Coach Farley back for his 18th season at the helm of the Panthers. What does Northern Iowa look forward to this year? Northern Iowa um, defensively has some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, I know they lose Doris Fountain, but their their bread and butter is being able to run the ball. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think up front, the improvements they're going to make up front will help them do that. Uh, Eli Dunn is coming back at quarterback. And I, I do believe the Panthers, you, you know, they – they don't get off to the slow start this okay. year. I think they get off to a fast start. 
um, and, and and maintain consistency. So I think the hot take would be uh, this team will be in play for the conference title. So keep that in mind. Like a team that could be in play for the conference title, juxtaposed to what I just said about North Dakota State losing two games. Hmm. Interesting. Let's talk South Dakota. They're replacing they're replacing Chris Strevler. They're they've got a lot of pieces that are out the door. How does South Dakota how how are the Coyotes going to be at the top of the conference again? See, here's the obvious thing would be to say they'll they'll have a significant drop off, right? That, that would be, be the, the obvious. That would be the obvious. That would be the cold take. Right. That would be the cold take because, oh, they're going to have significant drop-off because they lost Strebler. Austin Simmons is a good player. He won two games for them last year. Right. So I don't think they'll have a, a significant drop-off. Hmm. I actually think their defense, this is, the, this is the hot take. Their defense will be top three in this conference. They have, a, they have two brand-new co-defensive coordinators coming in as well, Brian uh, Monson and – Atiba Bradley. So, even with two new defensive coordinators, they're still going to be top three defense because the players, you know, coaches can can only do so much. They improved dramatically last year on defense. Right. Players still in 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 in, in tow. They're going to be even better defensively, which will help them out offensively. You know, giving them more possessions, and so Austin Simmons can really get his sea legs under him and really get the the, uh, the offense rolling. But they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to uh, play great defense in special teams. So I would say that's the hot take. Their defense is going to be great this year. Keep an eye on South Dakota. Interesting. Let's move to the Jackrabbits. Let's move to South Dakota State. Um, obviously, a, an incredible year last year. They've lost some big weapons as well, though. How do the Jackrabbits stay relevant and stay on point for this season? The cold take, first of all, I didn't know last year was their first time ever making it to the Semis, I believe. Yeah. I think you, it was semis. Yeah, semis yeah. quarters. It was one of those. I was like, wow. How? Right. I just assumed that they, you know, have been deep into the playoffs before. And then they hit JMU and. Right. <laughs> just right. Gone. So I say the they'll be good again. That's the cold take. Here's the hot take. Mm-hmm. South Dakota State's quarterback, Taron Christian, mm-hmm. wins the Walter Payton Award. Wow. That's a hot take, right? Wow. It's not, probably not probably not as bad, not a spicy take, but it definitely is seasoned well. That 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 is very well seasoned. That that that's <laughs> whoo, I did that that's your blood pressure went up a little bit, didn't it? Don't don't remind me. That that <laughs> one came from way out of left field. I do have questions with South Dakota State though. They do lose Dallas Goddard, but as you said, they have recruited well. They've recruited well, and they also lose Jake Winicky. So that's why the Taron Christian take is a hot one. Very hot. You're losing your top two offensive weapons. And and you win the Walter Payton Award. I can hear the Twitter verse going nuts. And they, here's the thing. They also lost their top running back. Yeah. So all right, I'm, all I'm saying is one man does not make a team. It Right. So that's why I say Taron Christian will win the Walter Payton because he's going to spread the ball around in addition to what he does on the ground with his legs. Ah. <sighs> We'll it's the Dak Prescott approach he's going to have this year. <laughs> we'll see about that. One thing we really didn't talk about too much about, the uh, Salukis, Southern Illinois, kind of the forgotten team. Uh, they're not They're not really, really bad. They're not really, really good. What? Uh, where did the Salukis fall this season? Shout out to Carbondale, Illinois. Um, I, here's a cold take. They've gotten better every year. So they'll be, in the, yes. they'll be in the playoff hunt. That's the cold take. They'll be in the playoff hunt. The hot take is that they won't miss Daquan Ice and their, their running back. Hmm. Really? Recruited well. Recruited well. If there's one position I know in football, 
It's running back. It's running back. Southern Illinois will be just fine. The other one you know is the old line because you know a bad one when you see one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> right. Help and they, they lost they lost a real good one last year. And uh, Austin Olsen, another guy that's on an NFL roster, I believe, or either NFL or CFL roster in camp. Um, so, yes, they, they have some work to do. Uh, their quarterback question is obviously one that people will talk about. But, you know, I think when you look at Southern Illinois, the hot take, like I said before, people will say, oh, man, they just lost Dequan Isom, Dequan Isom recently, like last week or over the weekend. Right. Um, so I, I think that that will prove to not be the reason why they have success or failure. So I think that's an irrelevant move. Not right. saying he's not a good player. Right. Be surprised to see where he ends up. But I think they overcome that because they, they're, they're talented in the backfield. This is a team that took Memphis to the brink last year. They only lost 44-31. Memphis has no defense. True. They also have Ole Miss on their schedule this year. That's going to be we'll, – we're going to learn a lot about the secondary of Southern Illinois yeah. in that game because yeah. uh, Ole Miss has arguably the best receiving core in the country. But I, I'm going to say this. They go into that game 1-0 because they got Murray State week one. That's a great game, man. That's a, and that's a – talk about recruiting. Yeah. That Southern – now that you know that Western Kentucky, Southern Illinois area. Right. Big game for recruiting. Western Illinois, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, brand new staff for the Leathernecks. What can they do? This is going to be a little bit tough, you know. Is so it? my Leatherneck fans, hope you're sitting down. Oh no. The <laughs> defense <F4> game plan. <laughs> the defense <laughs> will take some time. They lose Brett Taylor. They lose uh Tyron Holloway. Mhm. You know, like the defense will take some time. So, so it's going to be shootout Saturday every Saturday <laughs> in Western Illinois. <laughs> oh, great. I think their offense is going to be on fire. Here's the thing. I'm going to go one step further. This might be one of my hot takes. I'm looking at their schedule. Western Illinois starts 0-4. Really? Montana State away. I don't know if they have enough to get past Illinois. I don't think they do. The the Illini? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do. Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> but then they're home. They got Montana after that. Real tough game, even though they're at yeah. home. And then they got Youngstown. And you said all of all about their offense. Remember what Youngstown's thanks straight is. It's defense. And then they got Illinois State after that. I think they could beat Illinois State. They could beat Illinois. They could. That might be the one game they win out of the four. But I, it, at most, they're one and three in the first four. If they beat Illinois, that's... The death knell for Lovey Smith and the Lion Eye. Two weeks in? They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> sir. Um, let's move on to the last team, though. The Penguins. Youngstown State. Obviously, Bo Pelini didn't, didn't exactly go over well uh, last year, but he's got a brand new OC. He's got a brand new staff um, as the top man of the offense and the defense. Now he's got Brian Christ. And he's got uh, Richard McNutt and Donald D'Alessio, uh, D'Alessio excuse me, uh, as the defensive coordinators. How does Youngstown State recover? First of all, Brian Chris will win the Assistant Coach of the Year award okay. as the offensive coordinator. I, I wouldn't even say that's a hot take. I think that's a that's in the middle of the road take. That that is. Uh, listen, Brian Chris is a phenomenal coach. Like from teaching. To schematics, to developing. That's probably the most underrated move any team has made in this conference 
this offseason. Hmm. Brian Chris will transform Youngstown State's offense. If you think about Brian Chris, you think about development. You think about the players mm-hmm. he's developed. Yep. The biggest receiver he has developed and coach. Who do you think? Take a wild guess. I know there's a few. I know there's a few. I what which one stands out to you? Victor Cruz. Back yeah, that would work. UMass. That would work, right? That would work. So, but I, <laughs> Brian Chris is one of the best football people I've ever seen. I've ever been around. I think this is going to really transform this offense. They will have a new level of consistency that they never had before. Yes, they have McCaster at running back. That he's gonna he's gonna do great in this offense. But the passing game will be what keeps them, what pushes them over the top. The hot take is that their defense will still be a work in progress. And you know, I guess guys can read between the lines when I say work in progress. Yeah, I, I think I think we can read you loud and clear. Yeah, you've had several hot takes going down through these breakdowns. Your overall hot take for the Missouri Valley Football Conference is. They get six teams in the playoffs. Six teams? Six. Whoa. Okay. Who are your six? I'm not going to say in any... No, I'm not going to say in any order. I'm not going to put you into that trap of predicting a conference winner. Who are the six? You're still trying to put me in the trap of predicting... It's not a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. How many did they have last year? Five? Five. And you could have made a case for six, right? Could have made a case for seven almost. almost. You know what? Let, let's, let's do this. We've covered what the Big Sky, Big South, CAA, Ivy, MIAC, and now we're in the Missouri Valley. Mm-hmm. So we cancel out the MIAC, we cancel out the Ivy. So we're dealing with three conferences right now, and you cancel out the SWAC. So you're dealing with 10 out of the 13 FCS conferences, right? Right. Seven they can get in. Seven. I think six for sure. Seven is on the bubble. Seven with a legitimate case for being in. All right, here's my hot take on the whole thing. I think five. I think five is about right. I think that's what they're going to get this that's year. That's average. Yeah, that's five. That's, that's not my hot take. Oh, only two of the Dakota teams are making it. How many? Hold it. Now you got to. I got to count. No, you got South Dakota State, North Dakota State, South Dakota. One of those teams doesn't make the postseason. Oh wow! I think only two of the three make the postseason. You want to? I, I listen. If you, you want to go full fledged hot take, you no. You know it's not the Bison. Okay, I was I was waiting. No, for no, you no, to say no, that. no, no. I, I would have flipped this entire desk over if you would have said the Bison. It's bolted to the floor. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. South Dakota State. I'm sorry. One man does not lead an offense. Wow. He might be Player of the Year, but he's not leading you to the postseason. I'm sorry. Prove me. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Taron Christian. Prove me wrong because I don't think you have enough weapons around you. I, I, it's nothing against him as a quarterback. I think he's not only tremendous, I think he is NFL or CFL worthy of being a starting quarterback. Right. I don't think he has enough around him. It's going to be up to the young kids to step up, but it's real tough to develop that kind of relationship. He had a f- good couple years with the weapons he had around him with Winnegan and Goddard. They're both gone. You don't like their defense? You don't like Roseboom? The linebacker, All average, I, the, average defensively, av- as a team, yeah, average defensively. Which okay. I mean, in this conference, means you're going to get burned. So I think South Dakota State goes from number three in the country to missing the postseason. Wow, 
about time you have a hot take, man. <laughs> hey, you, you you keep giving me shit. It only took you six weeks to get a hot take. <laughs> you can't get you. Can't, I like it. I, I like I, it. I went hot takes before, but you said they were dumb. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we're, that is going to do it for the podcast here. Again, this is Missouri Valley Football Conference week, though. Emery's got a whole bunch of stuff dropping. He's got a whole bunch of free time this week. Apparently, he's resting and relaxing. Oh no, no, we got we got work this week because I got a. Uh, I'm working a football camp this week. Ah. ah, so yeah, we're you know I got I got to go out there and help the kids, <laughs> help the next generation, help Perfect. the next generation. But we got the NEC next week. The NEC next week, no, little Northeast football, some teams yes. we actually get to watch. Yeah, without having to pay for airfare. Um, <laughs> right. Interesting conference, smaller conference. Uh, Central Connecticut State won the conference, went to the first time ever to the postseason. Finished with an undefeated conference record. Unbelievable. Can they pull that off again with Bryant, Duquesne? There's a lot of coaching changes as well in the NAC. Wagner is good. We're going to break all of that down. Because, I mean, there are a ton of coaching. Did every school, I think, except for like two, get a coaching change? And I can't can't wait to to hear your hot take uh, for that conference. Because I know you, you you look like the type that would be brewing up like, at least nine hot takes. See, here's the difference. Talking about the other conferences, they can't find me and kill me. These the guys, some of the guys on Wagner probably have an uncle or two. There you go. That on have fire con- again. That You're have on fire again. That have connections with cement shoes. <laughs> I do not want to be joining you with that company just yet. Uh, but we will. We will be talking NEC next week. We'll talk about everything from St. Francis to and their coaching changes. Uh, or um, Robert, Robert Morris, Morris, I should say, Central Connecticut. Can they do another undefeated season? That's going to be interesting. How does Bryant? Bryant has been a program that's been on the rise. I like Bryant. Where did they finish up? A little bit of extra controversy in New England. <laughs> After uh, the NEC, we're going to have the OVC in two weeks. We'll go into Austin P. The, ah, the, the That was the worst part of last year was talking about Austin You think P. Austin P beats North Dakota State? No. <laughs> They're good. They should have been in the postseason. They're not that good. I want to get a, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a legit hot take out of you Uh this one was good, though. This one was good. Thank like, you. Thank this you. Appreciate that. This was a good one. But we'll talk about NEC next week. we got the OVC in two weeks. And then we have the Patriot League. Oh, the Patriot League. Yes, the Patriot. <laughs> I love the Patriot League. Oh, the Patriot League. Uh, we'll talk about them in a couple weeks' time. But as for now, it's one of the big ones. It's the Missouri Valley. Enjoy all the content. Emory's going to have all that stuff going up. Again, it's going to be on YouTube. Uh, look for Search for Football Game Plan. If you want to re- listen to this and say, wait, they said what now? And, you know, share it with your friends. We, we enjoy an increased outrage. We enjoy yeah. it. it. It's pu- good publicity. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. And as always, go to footballgameplan.com for content from the NFL to the CFL to NAIA. And Emery covers them all. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how his head hasn't exploded by now. <laughs> uh, so, folks, that'll do it for the podcast. Emery, thank you so much for coming thank on. You, as always, as for me... Well, my mentions are blowing up as we speak. Folks, we'll see you next week for the NEC Preview Show. Thanks for listening in.